1: Jess, you know how facialists and derms are always telling us that the skin on our body deserves the same attention as the skin on our face? Well, Sol de Janeiro is giving me the inspiration to actually follow that advice for once. The Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is basically clinically proven skincare and body cream that smells amazing.
2: The fact that the Beige Flor Elastic Cream smells so good and it's really effective makes it a perfect two-in-one for me.
1: Totally. The scent would be enough to keep me going, but the Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is also packed with some seriously effective skincare ingredients. There's hold press cake oil. I've also been using the cream on my neck and chest, which is an area that could use some love. But to be honest, I wasn't really inspired to treat it before. However, since I've been using this, I've noticed a big difference. Plus, get this, Sol de Janeiro also did a third party study of the Beige Flor Elastic Cream and found it improved the appearance of crepiness on consumers' chest skin in just two weeks.
2: It's the smell for me though, Jen. You can layer the Elastic Cream with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 Perfume Mist. You know the scent. It smells so good. It's got pink dragon Fruit, lychee essence, vanilla, sun musk, Mm-mm-mm. sheer. You can spray it whenever you want, wherever you want on your hair, your clothing, your body.
1: There's no rules. And we have some great news. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejaneiro.com and free shipping with the code Mascara10. That's S O L D E J A N E I R O, soldejaneiro.com. And use the code Mascara10 for 10% off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fat Mascara. It's Jen, and it's just Jen. So as we told you last week, Jess is taking the month of February off to focus on some other work projects. So it's just me, and I figured I'd try and give you an even better sound quality. I'm sitting in my tiny Brooklyn closet. I hope this sounds good. Um, And I'm here to introduce an amazing guest Jessica Alba. Before I tell you about her, in case you don't know who she is, uh, I just want to say she was recording with us. So this was like maybe two weeks ago from her home. She has her home office set up. We actually talk about that, Um, but actually in her living room. So if there's any sound issues, that's why. Honestly, we're doing our best and hoping that like we will be in a studio someday in the future. But for now, how cool that we can bring you an interview with Jessica Alba That everybody did at home. So, on that note, listen, you probably know this name because she's an actress. Jessica got her start at age 13. We actually talked quite a bit in this interview about her childhood and the trajectory of her acting career, which was she was very strategic about the choices she made. You probably know her. I mean, she's been in so many, so many shows and films The Dark Angel, the Fantastic Four series, her latest show, LA's Finest, um, which I believe is on Netflix now. When we spoke to her was actually one of the top 10 shows on Netflix. But of course, the reason we wanted to have her on Fat Mascara is the Honest Company, which she co-founded in 2012. And then in 2015, it spun off the subsidiary, well, it's part of the Honest Company, Honest Beauty. Now, Jessica has been a big proponent of the clean beauty movement. And we wanted to talk to her about that. Um, We wanted to talk about what, if anything, that word means these days. And clearly, it does still mean a lot to her. And you know we've talked about this on the show, and we love that she really gave us some insight into the way she thinks about formulation personally, but also how her company handles it, um, especially now that so many brands do claim to be clean beauty. So that's something I think you guys will find really interesting. We we also talked about uh, the behind-the-scenes business of beauty. This is like business class 101 if you want to know how a beauty company really works. I personally found that fascinating. I know Jess did too. Our Jess, Jess Matlin, not Jess Alba. Um, So hopefully you'll enjoy that. And now, without further ado, let's talk to Jessica Alba. So I was thinking about this. Okay, here's Jessica Alba. If you say your name to somebody over 35, they'd probably be like, Oh, Max from Dark Angel or, (laughs) you know, actress. But someone who's 20 might just be like, oh yeah, the company founder. It's like you've lived multiple lives. And as a gut reaction, I'm putting you on the spot. First question, what word or like occupation do you identify with the most these days?
0: I mean, I kind of feel like I can be a multi-hyphenate. I'll allow it. Okay, so what would the hyphenate be? Uh, Sure, founder of a company. Um, activists, and sometimes I play dress up for a living, so
1: yeah, the, on the playing dress up note, like just thinking about your acting career, is there anything like when you were going from show to show and always auditioning and all that, is there anything you don't miss about that life? any
0: of it you you don't miss it at all not I mean that side of it no i mean i i I sort of have gotten back into it in a way, but um, not in a typical way. That um, I guess that I was in in it before. Like now, I'm I'm more excited about being a producer, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, being able to have to shape the stories that I want to tell, and and to be in the editing room, and and things like that. So you know, just have a little bit more of that that seat at the table instead of just being. You kind of feel like. Gumby or something you know you're it's like you have this performance right you have this idea of this character you work on it you bring it to life to the best of your ability but at the end of the day it's how the producers and the editors and the um studio wants to shape the story based off of some you know insight that they have that they want to appeal to this demographic this way versus that way and um, and when you have, like, a lot of people who are making a decision, it often just feels really watered down.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: and, I, and I think that the most interesting stories that we see and that you're entertained by are usually when someone is in a great collaboration with the creative, the person driving the story forward. And I think it's the same with, like even building products or being an entrepreneur, like anything in life when you have like a committee <laughs> making right. a decision versus when you have like an individual insight, it's just going to be that much more authentic, the approach. Right. And it's going to just feel better at the end of the day um, and have that personal touch. So I don't miss, I guess, um, of course, auditioning is, is the absolute worst thing ever. Um, <laughs> It's so brutal um, because it has nothing to do with talent. It just has to do with the mood of the room 99.9% of the time and and the idea that a committee has on, on whether you fit the bill for the yeah. character. And then um, I, w- I would say that after starting a company and certainly after becoming a parent, I guess it's just like you don't have time for for stuff that just doesn't fill you up in the right way. Like it's just that whole thing of like, you stop giving so many fucks. Yeah. is mm-hmm. like in the truest sense of itself. Like you don't care people like you, you know, not that you're trying to be mean or rude, but it's just like, Hey, maybe I'm not your cup of tea next moving on instead of dwelling on it which right. is like you know. the opposite of auditioning. <laughs> like you're yeah. there to be their cup of tea. Um, Every time, try and convince them that they need to fall in love with you and believe that you are this character. Um, and it's like nearly impossible because what, what I realize now also so many years later is they already have a pretty clear idea about who they want. And usually most of the time, they've offered it to at least a dozen people. And the only reason why it got to this point is because those people fell out, (laughs) you know? And so, yeah.
2: For you, it was, you mentioned it was after you became a parent. Like for you, it was after you became a parent that you decided like, I I don't need to do this anymore. Or like, when was, what was the
0: parenthood
2: part of that equation?
0: It was, you know, I think, after I became a parent, my priorities just shifted. You know, I started acting when I was 12 and it, and it really was for me a way to essentially like, I think it was, it was, it was definitely helpful for my mental because I was a really, I was a very sick kid and, um, and came from very humble, you know, sort of background. My parents were living paycheck to paycheck and, 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 um, had multiple jobs each. And, um, I was sick and in the hospital a lot. So I didn't have a ton of friends and I was socially awkward. And so for me, like it gave me financial independence, which was great. Mm -hmm. Um, it also allowed me, I was always a little different. I didn't fit really well into my family and I didn't really fit socially with, with my peers. Um, and so it kind of like, I would say Hollywood is a place, it's almost like the modern circus. It's like where all <laughs> the freaks and weirdos go. And I am, you know, I, I felt, I felt like I was home for the first time on a set with a bunch of, you know, people like me that, that didn't fit inside of the box of their community or, or, mm-hmm. or culture. Um, and, and so that, that was nice, but on the flip side, I guess there's also the, the hard part of it, which is you're only as good as your last job. And there's absolutely no, um, you're not rewarded for showing up and being good. You're not rewarded for, um, being present and, um, being professional. You're rewarded for, Um, a box office opening that has nothing to do with you. Like you could be the biggest dick on set, but if it makes money, everybody's like, cool. (laughs) Great, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I would say that like, as a woman, we get so few chances. You know, guys get 10 shots at bat, right? We get maybe two, usually (laughs) one. And those are the top, top, top. And then to be a woman of color on top of that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's, it's a brutal industry because it promotes, um, I guess everything that's out of your control, um, like ageism, um, and the idea of what is desirable. And it's always in people's hands that, uh, at the end of the day have no connection to you or your personal story or why you're there or even why audiences like you oh you know, gosh how oh, i love i
2: wish we could talk specifics but i i'm not dumb enough to uh broach <laughs> that <laughs> but i think we're all thinking of our own examples and you know people and, and incidents so i mean you were you know smart enough to think broader than you know okay just hollywood just television and you thought about beauty, but why did you think about beauty? I mean, did you have a relationship to beauty? Like, I, I was life? the
0: face of a couple of um, global beauty brands um, from age 18. Uh, I think that was the first time I signed a contract with the beauty brand. Um, and I just learned, I actually learned a lot about marketing. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel like I got a lot of my... Um, Marketing and and I guess marketing acumen, uh, along with learning about marketing and demographics and psychographics and all of that, with just opening movies in different territories. You know the way that you appeal to this audience versus that audience, and then do they tell you, know, you that
2: on set or like in in the you know boardrooms? Do they say okay, like Jessica, so this movie is going to open in this country? Or are you were you just listening?
0: No, I would ask the questions, like, okay. how can I make this successful in Germany? Like, what does that mean? And okay. Like, how can I make this successful in, in we, as we open in Mexico City, and why are we choosing that city to do our premiere? Right. And, you know, the London premiere, what does success look like in the UK versus in Spain or Italy? You okay. know, and, and so I would just ask the questions. Do all actresses
2: then, do that? Or do some of them just get on the plane?
0: You know, <laughs> I... I probably was different because I was very strategic always. And that's kind of how I I always approached my career, even in entertainment, because I needed it to be successful because then that I knew would then allow me to have more, you know, a day longer in this business for longevity. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Because it's funny, you were saying the thing about, um, you know, working hard in Hollywood is not necessarily rewarded, like bad behavior can be rewarded. And it's like—it's it's not like school. You know, it's not like work hard, get a—you know, get on to the next thing. Get a degree. Yeah, yeah, now. yeah. It's not yeah. this kind of like—it's not, um, you know, based on merit. But you were—it sounds like you were—I mean, I wasn't there, but it kind of sounds like you were treating this almost like, okay, I'm going to learn things, I'm going to study up, mm-hmm. and then it's going to be great.
0: Well, I, I think I was— I was trying, I think, to figure out how to have a little bit more stability. Yeah. yeah. And so I love you know, that. <laughs> given that I had absolutely nothing, I had no family members in this business. Yeah. And you know, there are every the the best looking people from all over the world come into this tiny little town mm-hmm. and they all want to be a star, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and they all are very talented. And I, and I don't even know, I mean, I know I was definitely not the best looking and I wasn't the most talented. So what else did I have? You know, it's like, I just had to, I I hustled, man. And I, and I would grind and I, and I had to like strategize early on and just, just figured it out and, um, and tried to be better and tried to, to learn as I was going, how to, how to be better and to create as much of a solid foundation as I possibly could. Yeah,
2: yeah. no, I, I get it. Yeah. So, okay. So I, I interrupt you because I'm just, I'm so curious about your journey and there's so many things I want to ask you about. know we got to kind of get to the beauty stuff. So you, you're you paying attention. You had beauty contracts. You're like, okay, I'm going to, you know. Think, and my go,
0: contracts were, you know, of course, the, I was like, how do you get renewed? And they're like, well, it's if the stock performs or not. Mm-hmm. And when I, when there was a connection to like a stock performance or whether there's, you know, your items sell or not, Um, and then I was like, oh, okay. And then I, you know, I did put into my, my contract that I got to have creative control of my campaigns. And what was awesome is, is, you know, trusting my gut and my instincts with how women want to be spoken to. It worked. My campaigns did really well. Yeah. yeah. And the products did really well. And so that, again, it gave me like a more assurance, Uh, validated, I guess, my, my, uh, my intuition, even though I didn't have an MBA at Harvard, you know, I could at least, um, you know, I had my ear to the ground. I know how I wanted to be communicated to. And and I just always had that consumer lens, right. And everything that I did, even when I was opening movies or I was on a talk show, I was like, if I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching this person for two minutes, talk about something, what do I want to get from this experience? Like what, what is the best case scenario? You're a real person. Um, yeah. And so I always thought through that like consumer lens. And I guess when I went to to decide that, you know, there was an, an opportunity in the marketplace for a clean line that had a, a holistic point of view when it comes to consciousness and everything that it does, you know, I know it was, it was a very aspirational Idea and concept. I mean, I kept getting pushback, you know, a lot of naysayers would say, well, if if it was so easy, other people would do it. And I'm like, well, no, it's not easy, but it it should be done. And, um, and it's the right thing to do. And everyone was just like, well, good luck. Like, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that one. Um, I think that's just it. And then I guess the more people told me every reason why it, I couldn't happen, it just made me more determined to make it happen. And I think, you know, my husband, he had, he's a, a serial entrepreneur. And, um, and he had sold a couple of, of small businesses that he had started um, in the digital space. And it was pretty early to that that space. And so um, cutting out the middleman and direct-to-consumer kind of stuff. And um, what he just consistently said is like, it sounds too complicated. Like, you just have to make it easy for me to understand. Like, mm. it, like you have to distill something complex into something that's just like easy to get right away. Like, what's your elevator speech, essentially? Um, and, and that was something that was really hard for me because of course I wanted to, I wanted Honest to stand for everything all the time. And, um, sometimes when you're, you have to know your audience and you have to pitch what they can grasp. Right. You
2: know? So when you, when you decided you want to create, when you wanted to create Honest and you were telling people about it, what did like your peers say? You're kind of Hollywood. Yeah, peers.
0: yeah. I, I, um, I didn't have a lot of friends in the business. Um, I wasn't, again, always socially awkward. I wasn't. I wasn't the actress that came to Hollywood that was like, "Oh my god, I'm amazing! I should be a star." I came to Hollywood because I was like, I literally want to be anybody else. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to be a sick kid. I don't want to be someone who, I. Uh, you know, isn't accepted by this culture or that culture. I don't want to be any of the stuff that I was born into. I, I want to be a friggin' superhero. Like I want to be Harrison Ford in Star Wars. Like yeah, I want to be yeah. Batman, you know, I want to be a badass. Um, I want to crack jokes and I want to like kick ass. And I just loved being able to to be somebody else. And so I think that was like a just a different spin on it i don't know
2: the reason why no but the reason why i asked so the reason why i asked about the hollywood thing is because you were one of the first people to really spin out and become an entre- a, a, you know a lifestyle entrepreneur oh yeah and mm-hmm. you know at the time maybe it kind of seemed like oh well that's not in her wheelhouse or she's an actress but now mm-hmm. so many other actresses some of which we've you know even had on the show this mm-hmm. is like now what you do you are an actress, you know. <laughs> slash, <laughs> and, and you make a line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, you really started, you know, the trend. So that's why I'm curious what people said.
0: I think, you know, I think it's interesting because yeah, and I've I've definitely advised a lot of different people who are in entertainment and and have tried to figure out how to like do something else with their, with their platform. But for me, it was like a natural evolution of just my, myself. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess, you know, and just thinking of what's, what mattered to me and my priorities, it just being, I guess I saved enough money where I wasn't living beyond my means. So a lot of why I was even in Hollywood, what it turned into was just like, I I, I don't want to be poor and I didn't want to live paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to struggle. So for me, it was about financial stability, a lot of my decision-making in the business. And I got to a point where I was comfortable and I had saved enough money so that I could like be okay. Um, And then it was kind of like, all right, what, what is my purpose? You know, I'm looking at this little person that I'm, I have to keep alive and thinking about like this world that she was born into. And I'm like, how can I try and make a difference so that when I'm done here, she's better off. And, and I, and I, you know, really, I guess had, I went on that journey and I did a lot of, I'd always done nonprofit work and charity work since I, was like 14 or 15, just what I always have done. But I really start to really think about the purpose and the impact and, um, and how can I leverage this platform that I have to make the most impact. And then when I learned about how many people, um, how people's health is affected by exposure to all these chemicals unknowingly. And it's this sort of like, Thing that's just kind of happening and there's not really an awareness, you know, because you just trust, like, oh, if I can pick it up at my local store, it must be okay. But then when I learned that it's not, it's not okay. And and it can screw you up over time. And having exposure to all these different chemicals over time could lead to a really terrible outcome. I was like, oh hell no, like someone's gotta do something about this, but it was so convoluted, it was so. It was so complicated. And and also just the way that the market dealt with it was just very, it it wasn't easy. And and the communication of the chemicals and the way that it was brought into the marketplace and the no real um, process around testing chemicals for safety. And then it's like, then it's about the percentage of the chemical In the product and that being tested for safety. And there's just so much that goes, there's so much nuance. Right. And, and I was like, I can't, I can't, um, there's no easy answer. And so I lobbied on Capitol Hill for chemical reform and it turned into like a partisan issue. And it wasn't really about human health and safety. And as much as you want to believe that government is there for basic human health and safety. And of course that should be important. It's not, it's, it's really about your party alignment, um, and a popularity contest in a lot of ways. And I was just like, okay, well I do, I, I knew enough that like I live in a country where even though I was not born into a a certain class of family, and even though I don't have access to, I didn't have access to the certain group of people, even though I'm a woman of color, I can still make something of myself. I mean, that is the American dream. And I can still have an idea and if I pull, you know, roll up my sleeves, I deserve my parents made me actually feel like I deserved to fulfill that dream. And um and so at least I I I could have a shot at it. And so then I was like, how about I create a for-profit business model around this nonprofit value or, or, or charity, you know? And so that's, and, and, and also it's sort of like when I was looking, you know, I worked with red, uh, or, or worked oh, with yeah. Bono and, um, and I learned a lot about his work with, um, with red and that initiative with commerce, um, being able to support a nonprofit initiative. I was like, okay, so this model has existed, but it's been more overt. And and Tom's, I'm friends with Blake, Tom's shoes, it's more overt. I just wanted the mission of what we do to, if we were successful, I felt like we would tell the marketplace that there is a desire for these values and that if the trend went that way, they would not be able to continue to operate as they had. And they would be forced to be more ethical because that is what the consumers are going to choose. And at the end of the day, consumers are voting with their pocketbooks. And it's more real now than ever because it's so easy to shop through social media platforms, you know, and it is so easy to have that one-click um, shopping experience. And and you see more and more um people are choosing, not necessarily what they get at a store, they are choosing with brands that are connecting with their values.
1: And one of those values being like the honesty thing, you said it's a super complicated and nuanced thing to talk about chemicals, but you started using the word clean before a lot of other companies. Mm -hmm. Do you remember how and why you made that decision? And has the meaning changed for you over the years?
0: Yeah, I remember, you know, even being the first to say the word non-toxic and <laughs> no harsh chemicals. And well, I remember you saying these. your husband
1: was like, make it elevator pitch simple, but yeah. it isn't
0: really. So it isn't. And so I guess clean was like my it it, it was the evolution of a very complex idea in that, you know people think organic or natural is going to be the best option for you. Actually not really. You know, there's a lot of things that are out in nature and there are some things that you don't want to be exposed to Mm. that could have an adverse effect on your health. And, and similarly with synthetic things. Um, And and it, it is, you know, leveraging science And having um, a a regulatory team in-house is something that we had to invest in. And then also we created our own labs and have chemists and uh, an R&D team uh, and supply chain that can actually even take these formulas that we're creating and then source the raw materials. That's how I, I figured out over the years that I can truly stand by what the values that we set out to achieve. When you say
2: you had to invest in it, like, is it something you mean like you had to sort of evolve
0: or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when I, when I first launched the company, I yeah. mean, it was like, I, I, we weren't even, of course, we weren't profitable for many, many years and it was more of proof of concept. Do people even care about a company that stands for this? Mm-hmm. But then when you look at the checks and balances system more and more, I realize you don't necessarily need to own a, a chemical company, you know, from day one. You don't need to own even the uh, the manufacturing company uh, or or what have you. But having chemists, a regulatory team, and a supply chain and ops team, yes, that is sort of like the only way we can really stand behind what we want to do and what we're trying to achieve and not be a me too company. Yeah.
1: But that word has gotten used a lot. And I'm wondering, like, you will use chemicals. Like if we're talking pure science, of course Water you Water is a you, chemical. Exactly. So I, yeah. I love that you say that. Yeah. And there are companies out there like, if you can't read it on the label, it shouldn't be like, they simplify it so much. Have you and your team ever talked about like Should we now give more information as people are becoming more educated? Do we give them more of the back end of like this, but only in this percentage because of endocrine disrupt, you know, Mm -hmm. like how detailed, do you worry about how detailed to get?
0: I think at the end of the day, like if, if anybody wanted to know more and they wanted to do a deep dive, we have a team that can talk it out with you. And, and that's why you invested in the team, right? Right. yeah. And, yeah. um, but at the end of the day, like people aren't going to, no one wants to be like a <laughs> Maybe weekend. Maybe just me and Jess, but yeah. <laughs> but like a, a weekend toxicologist, right? Yeah. And a lot of the most vocal sort of green bloggers that are publishing all this stuff, like, what are you talking about? Like, where are you getting this yeah. idea? Like, even you know, there's, there's good and bad things, even about like the systems that rate products as clean or not clean. You know, if you think of something like iron and it's like, (laughs) you need iron in your prenatal, but if, if you get too much iron, you could die and it could kill you. So it's like percentages matter and you can't just say that everything is bad but you and you have to consider the percentage, and you also have to have some mechanism of testing um, or having some data behind it. But then even that is convoluted or, or messed up in the way that that's even tested, because only certain chemicals are even put through the test, and then they never test anything that's derived from that chem- that chemical is banned. Yeah, it's so it's like crazy it ban a chemical, right? And they're like, it's p you know, whatever PVC free and this free and that free. And then you find out that the next three, the the three ingredients in there are all derivatives of those chemicals that, were, that are banned that you're saying you don't have in it.
2: I don't think you're ever going to be at a place where Honest Beauty, you know, doesn't get a, an email at customer service or a, <laughs> an at mention where like with somebody, you know, who's maybe not happy that day. I just think that it's, you know, this is like the world we live in.
0: Yeah. I don't think it's, you know, I think. And that's not about honest
2: beauty. I just mean everyone, you know. Yeah.
0: I would say, to be honest with you, um, we've had more, like, I would say like love mail and positivity and people deciding like, when are you writing a company about anything? Like, huh? Who has time for that? (laughs) Um, But we've had so many people reach out and just write us. And people, it's usually people who have a compromised immune system. It's people who have gone through chemotherapy. It's people who suffer from, uh, you know, skin sensitivities. And they're like, literally, I couldn't find any other company out there that met the performance of a conventional, but then didn't use, you know, we, we banned 2,500 chemicals in in our products. Um, one of the most stringent lists, um, of, of chemicals that we won't use, um, of any company out there, but yet I'm like adamant that they need to perform at least on the level of conventional or better, Yeah, you know, and that's pretty unheard of for a company that stands for the values that we have.
1: If you're meeting both of those marks, how do you decide when to expand into a new product category and like make a new skew or when to like sit out a trend or a launch cycle? It's
0: really, I mean, a lot, it's, it's like this, um, perfect. I would say there's like a perfect process or system, but I would say it's the perfect storm of all the right things lining up that end up being, uh, you know, what we choose to do. I would say it's looking at the white space in the market, right? For a certain category or product. It's looking at all of the options out there when it comes to conventional and then the options when it comes to clean uh, or better for you. And then usually when we look at the cleaner better for you, it's like, is it just clean perceived or or organic perceived or is it actually a lot because there's a lot of greenwashing out there. Um, and then when you mix in the performance, a lot of times those fall super short on performance. Yeah. And so that's that's how we look at it. And then we look at the size of the business and then uh, also look at the amount of incoming calls from consumers.
1: Jess, you know how facialists and derms are always telling us that the skin on our body deserves the same attention as the skin on our face? Well, Sol de Janeiro is giving me the inspiration to actually follow that advice for once. The Sol de Janeiro Beige Flor Elastic Cream is basically clinically proven skincare and body cream that smells amazing.
2: The fact that the Beige Flor Elastic Cream smells so good and it's really effective makes it a perfect two-in-one for me.
1: Totally, the scent would be enough to keep me going, but the Sol de Janeiro Beige Floor Elastic Cream is also packed with some seriously effective skincare ingredients There's hold press. Cacay Oil. I've also been using the cream on my neck and chest, which is an area that could use some love, but to be honest, I wasn't really inspired to treat it before. However, since I've been using this, I've noticed a big difference. Plus, get this, Sol de Janeiro also did a third-party study of the Beige Flor Elastic Cream and found it improved the appearance of crepiness on consumers' chest skin in just two weeks.
2: It's the smell for me, though, Jen. You can layer the Elastic Cream with Sol de Janeiro's Charosa 68 Perfume Mist. You know the scent. It smells so good. It's got pink dragons, fruit, lychee essence, vanilla, sun musk, sheer, and you can spray it whenever you want, wherever you want, on your hair, your clothing, your body. There's no
1: rules. And we have some great news. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejaneiro.com and free shipping with the code mascara10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, SoldeJanero.com. and use the code mascara10 for 10% off. know if the invitations have started coming in for you, but we're about to enter what I like to call, what kind of underpinnings should I wear to your wedding season? That's right. We probably all have some cute new dresses for weddings and events coming up this spring, and I'll tell you what needs to go under them. Honey love. I am not about to squeeze my way through another person's wedding in uncomfortable shapewear that rolls up. I got the honey love superpower short. Full disclosure, I also wore it on New Year's Eve because I had on sequins and I wanted everything to lay smooth. And that's what Honey Love does. The Superpower Shorts have targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X, targets and sculpts without squeezing your curves, and you won't have to worry about the waist rolling down thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. The Honey Love Super Power Short also gives your butt a nice lift. The shorts have these built-in boost bands that give everything a subtle, comfortable, let's just say boost. We're not talking unbelievable plastic surgery levels of butt lifting, just a little... And as you know, Honey Love has more than just sculptwear. They have incredibly comfortable bras. How many times have Jess and I talked about the bras? They also have tanks, leggings, everything you need for everyday support. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. Honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them that we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara. Move with confidence thanks to Honeylove.
2: Guys, I have to admit, I like a little bit of luxury, but I don't want to just buy one luxurious item. I want to buy several things. And that's where Quince comes in. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. So I can buy a couple of things.
1: Yeah, you don't like a little bit of luxury. You like a lot of bit of luxury. Okay, it is a lot. I guess you're right, you're right. Load up your cart, though. At Quince, it's totally fine. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk. They partner direct with top factories, so they cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings along to you and us. And me, for example, I mean, how many things have I bought from Quince? My latest acquisition is the European linen sheet set. I wanted to jump on that whole linen sheet trend. I want to just feel like Cleopatra, and they have so many great colors. It's breathable, feels luxurious, but doesn't cost luxury prices.
2: Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com/fatmascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com/fatmascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q U I N C E dot com Fat mascara. That's quince. dot com slash fat mascara. When you look at, you know, when you are at your desk, where do you actually? When you're working from home, (laughs) I need to picture this.
0: Like, where where does Jessica Alba work from home? In my closet. What it's in my, I have like a, I, I bought a, a, um, a bar cart from Amazon and it's like, I don't know. It just kind of looks good. Um, and it's pretty. Um, and then I put, I stacked some of my, like, my like coffee table books. And then I put my my computer there. And then I uh, have like a little chair and in the corner. And then I set up like a little corner. Um, and that's, in my closet. Wow. But, okay. Mind you, it is a nice closet. I, it's I imagine a room so. that I converted to a closet because it's connected to our main bedroom. And I okay. was like, it would be weird to like get down with my husband and for there to be like a door right here and someone listening. Like what? I guess. So it. naturally it needed to be a closet. <laughs> I understand. Okay. So
2: you have your walk-in closet office situation. You're working from home. What is the kind of most surreal, like, I can't believe this is part of my job now? What is the, you know, the kind of most difficult, challenging, just, we can't believe that this is part of Jessica Alba's business day?
0: I mean, I don't know. I I guess, so... Is there like a you, min, minutia that
2: you deal with? Or is there something like wild, like...
0: Well, I would say that like, when I was an actress, right? I was always pretty like, um... Strategic in the way that I approached everything, so everything mattered, and I and I looked under the hood, and I would unpack things like like you know I talked about. Yeah, earlier. I get that
2: sense. Like you really and are, so were involved
0: in that same way. You know, I had to unpack what makes a successful business, so I had to learn about supply chain operations, cogs, SG&A, um, your. Uh,
2: SGNA. What is
0: that? Yeah, it's basically like the cost of all of your employees and all their expenses and everything that goes into running and operating your business versus like your EBIT or like what comes out the other end. Mm -hmm. You know, after all the costs are put in, what what comes out the other end? Who taught you all this stuff? Did you learn all this stuff on the job? It really is. Pretty simple when you think of like your home expenses. Okay. Think of okay. it the same way. Like, oh my God. Okay. When you look at my your monthly expenses on to just like live, yeah. And then how much it costs for you know what you make yeah, at the end of the day and then what's left over. Right. It's very similar. Okay. okay. <laughs> and no, so I it's that. it's pretty simple, but I did have to learn about it. And I think, you know, one of the things are all the hidden costs, like marketing costs, like trade spend, like. Um, you know, you have to allot. I didn't know that you had to allot. And there's like best business practices on allotting a certain amount of the investment or or the money that you plan on making in a certain category you have to put back into the system to to Right now build we have like a $60 business. lip gloss in my mind. <laughs> so this, no, this is, I
2: think right? this is so fascinating. Like I'm asking you this stuff because not because I'm like, I, I, when I said who taught you all this stuff, I was like, did that
0: come out wrong? I don't mean like, who taught you? I just mean like, I think this is so fascinating. Now you learn as you go. That's what I mean. It's inspiring.
2: It's really you, inspiring.
0: I, I literally was like sitting in meetings and it was like, wait a minute. I thought this thing was going to cost this much. And it was like, Yeah, like the coconut oil was like 5 cents, so why isn't it 10 cents or whatever? Right. And it's like, oh, well, if you're going to sell this thing for $1, and it costs $2 to make it between your packaging and your formulas and all of that, and then how much does it cost to ship it once Mm -hmm. it lands if you get it made somewhere else or made here? So you have to consider the transportation of that. And then you have to like, oh, then your label. So how much is that? Or is that included in the cost? And then if you go to a target or you go to your own direct-to-consumer, okay, how much does that cost to, to pack it up in the pallet the way the target wants it? Because yeah. they have their machines versus Nordstrom has different machines. <laughs> and so to pack it differently, depending on the distributor, so that there's a cost that goes to in there. And then if you want to sell at Target, they have these programs where every month or every two months you have to, it's like skincare week. Yeah. And you'll you have to be part of that program, or mm-hmm. why are you on the shelf? Now, you know? Did you, when you're learning
2: all this, are you thriving and you're loving it? Or are you like, oh geez, you know, can we just um I, I like I, it when I was the face of, you know, no,
0: it's more, it's more like. I feel like I have to be an investigative reporter yeah. because there's always like wait, we, we, we never talked about slotting costs like what? It's like the cost to like put the thing on the shelf. Yeah yeah and make sure that the stickers read and scan and lines up with the code that's on the product and then the code that's in the back and then how many items are they going to stock? Is it going to be three items deep? And then when do they, if they sell through, when are they going to replenish? And who's going to keep track of that? What do you wake up in the middle of the night and think about? All of that. That's <laughs> the stuff I think because about. I have to say, I'm like, this is not
2: glamorous stuff, but this, this is the kind of stuff that would keep me up in the middle keep, of the night. I have not night.
0: slept well in so long. I thought it was my kids that kept me up at night, but it's really just- It's slotting costs. <laughs>
2: Yeah. No, this is fascinating. I am so impressed. I mean, you said you didn't go to Harvard Business School, but I feel like you're you're going right now. Yeah, I mean— Like in real life, like in practice.
0: Yeah, and I guess it's sort of the same way that I I learned how to do— you know Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually do Hollywood. <laughs> I was one of the few that did it. <laughs> um, but, um, but you know, I, I, it's how I navigated Hollywood and, yeah. and figured it out. Is just I, I learned as I go, and I guess I'm always curious. I, I think I'm always a student. I want to get better. Um, I'm not so. Um, I guess if, if if you want to be successful. You have to know what you don't know. And you have to surround yourself with people who are much better at things than you are. And so I would say that, you know, Nick Vlahos, my CEO and partner, he's been incredible because a lot of like I was capturing a lot of this information, but I didn't know what any of it meant and Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to think through it. And so Nick was like, right, yeah, that cost is called this. And that cost is called that. Mm -hmm. And this is how you think through it. And this is a business model that most CPG companies run off of versus this is a business model that most beauty companies run off of and, you know, getting three to five X your valuation is one thing versus getting five to ten x your valuation, and this is how the market looks at it in the public sector, and then in the private sector, um, it just really depends on your growth trajectory and the multiples that you can hopefully validate. Mm-hmm. Um, which I knew that from raising money. He gave you like the privately. vocab, and the- he gave me. Yeah, yeah he helped me Wait, understand. How did you? It. You knew that from raising money for what? You know, from VCs. Okay. Um, so I understood how the multiples worked when it came to valuations with BCs. Um and it was really, it's really based off of a growth model versus a profit margin model um, and growth, which in the public set sector it's more your profit margin and your growth um numbers. Okay, Jess, you want to okay. do yes, we're other gonna Jess. do a quick quick speed, not famous round. Jess, other
2: Jess, <laughs> quick speed round. Ready? So it's our Fat Mascara 5. Just first thing that comes to your mind. Super easy. What is the first beauty product you remember falling in love with?
0: MAC. Spice. <laughs> the lip liner?
2: hmm Okay. What quality do you admire most in others? Authenticity. If there was one rule you wish everyone would follow, what would it be? Um, treat others how you'd want to treat your, people to treat you. That's good. What is the most played song on your playlist right now?
1: You have to give the real
0: answer, not the cool answer. I know. I'm trying to look. (laughs) Probably I, I, I've been killing my kids. I have this um, Ella Fitzgerald playlist that I play all weekend and when I'm cooking. Uh, And so it's just, uh, you know, classic jazz uh, like Nina Simone and Ella Fitzgerald and Chet Baker and that kind of stuff. So if there were to be a movie made of your life, who would narrate
2: it? Oh, my kids. Oh, that's cute. I, I like I think, that. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, I'm like, oh, she's going to pick like another actress. And then that's kind of <laughs> weird. Well, we've had some famous people say
1: themselves, but the kids is a great answer.
2: (laughs) That's great. This
1: is great. Jessica, thank you so much for talking with us. Awesome. I know. I know. Wow. What an amazing interview. Thank you so much to Jessica. Here's where I would do a razor wand with Jess Matlin, but I'm sitting here thinking this is really weird to be talking about a beauty product I'm obsessed with this week with myself. So if it's okay with you guys for this month, I might not do the razor wands after our interview episodes, just so I don't have to like talk to myself about beauty which is weird but I will say this before you go before you click off will you do us a favor will you like like and subscribe we never ask you to do that but now that uh, everybody's a lot of people are listening on Spotify it would be awesome if you followed us on Spotify subscribe to us on Apple podcasts anywhere that you can write a review or share with your friends we would love that as well that's how we put the podcast together the more people that listen the easier this becomes the better quality we can give you the more shows we can give you the more stuff we can give you so we really really appreciate your support. And uh, get your beauty sleep. I'll see you on Tuesday with a great guest co-host. We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com.
2: We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love.
1: L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.
2: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it.